Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. China's economy weakened further in July with a resurgence in COVID outbreaks. That's according to China Beige Book International. And joining us now to discuss this is Shazad Kazi, Managing Director at China Beige Book. So we thought we had a little bit of a rebound in June. Uh, the, some of those uh, high-frequency numbers looked a little better, and then July seems like it's a little bit more troubled again. I want to put a kind of a complicated question to you, Shazad. Uh, the market performance in China has been pretty dismal. Uh, you have the reverse wealth effect in the housing market that is is harming household spending. And the aggressive regulation that we've seen seems to have dampened confidence among consumers. Are, are policymakers just killing the animal spirits in China? Uh, hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, for, first of all, I'll, I'll counter with something very quickly. You know, you got actually a little bit of a bounce in Chinese markets uh, well into June. Now, I think that that bounce was really not fueled by anything substantive other than hope. It wasn't fueled by data showing that the economy was doing better or that zero COVID was being dialed back um, or that even there was going to be any type of real regulatory easing. Uh, so uh, hope was all that was driving it. And now we're, of course, seeing uh, uh, the, how, how dismal that performance looks like and then some of the losses that have been suffered. Um, I, I think the party... Um, you know, has some larger goals in mind that the markets have kind of missed because the markets have missed how the party's thinking about uh, its economic man you know, management of the economy has evolved, whether in regards to accepting a slower pace of growth, whether in regards to coming down hard against uh, uh, major companies, uh, both because of their political threat and their monopoly threat to the marketplace uh, and so forth. And I think that's kind of one of the reasons why uh, we're seeing some of these losses now in, in Chinese equity markets. One of the things that, you know, kind of we thought would hold up okay would be the retail sector, given that if you've got borders closed and people are, you know, still earning income, then they're going to spend. But retail is very much facing the brunt here. So tell us, I guess, the, the dire outlook here for that sector. Yeah, retail, unfortunately, has had had a bad Q1 followed by a worse Q2. So two back-to-back -back quarters off slowdown, we're now, you know, looking at another uh, a bad number for retail in July in China Beige Book data. The problem is this, when you shut parts of the economy down, especially some of the richest, most prosperous parts, uh, and, and you have a general state of economic uncertainty, which has not pervaded the Chinese economy for, I think, you know, well over two years, um, households can't be relied on 
to spend. As a matter of fact, if you know they, they'll want to cut back on spending uh, and 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 hold those pocketbooks tightly, uh, if you will. Uh, and I think that goes a long way in terms of suppressing uh, consumer demand and suppressing retail spending. Uh, the other aspect of it, again linked to zero COVID, is the fact that you can, if if, if transportation networks and logistics networks are um, operating at a fraction of their capacity, uh, well then even if you are, for example, ordering things online and trying to consume things online and, and e-tailing and so forth is taking off, well, if you're not getting what you ordered or what you're looking for, that in itself will again have a downward impact. It'll weigh down on uh, retail spending. Uh, so, so retail is most certainly at a very, very tough spot in the economy. If you're going to stick with dynamic zero, what's the key in China to getting things moving again? I think the first thing is the market's perception versus, I think, what, what President Xi and others around him may, might be thinking. Uh, the, the party, I think, has accepted that they are going to have to live with a much lower pace of growth than even they themselves thought uh, would, 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 would take place. Uh, so that's number one. Number two, of course, is within that, how do you... Uh, how do you protect the economy from, uh, you know, suffering just an outright contraction, right? So how do you keep the economy moving at a low pace using things like the bubble method or the closed loop system and so forth? Uh, because the alternative is really scary. The alternative is a country where you don't have mRNA vaccines, low levels of uh, adult vaccinations. And if you start getting mass outbreaks, that will have a far bigger economic impact uh, than anything you're seeing right now. I think preventing the economy from going anywhere near the horrors of, I think, even two years ago in, in, in the first quarter of 2020 is, is probably the, the, the base case there. The real estate crisis continuing to balloon too, playing through into a number of areas. I mean, we're watching moves in iron ore. You've got Goldman seeing steel demand heading for a 5% decline this year. Just tell us about, I guess, the impact here to the construction-led growth model. Yeah, the construction-led growth model is, you know, it's clearly run out of road. Uh, and again, as, as I mentioned earlier, I think, I think Beijing understands that, uh, you know, but the reality is it's not going to go away overnight. Uh, and so you are going to see these repeated crises play out in the property sector. We're dealing with one right now. Uh, and, you know, this is after it looked like almost in the month of June that the property market may have bottomed out, especially the housing market. Uh, but looking ahead, I wouldn't be surprised if in, in our proprietary data, we see additional pain in the property sector. Uh, uh, again, the party's focus seems to have shifted. They are more interested in systemic risk. They're more interested in weeding out any sources of larger financial market crises uh, uh, where additional bad capital, good capital just has to go you know, towards, towards uh, bad loans and, and protecting the economy from a bigger downfall. Uh, and so expect, expect more trouble ahead for years to come in the property market. And how close are we getting to unemployment uh, becoming a big issue where people lose their jobs and then start to agitate? Yeah, the labor market is another headache. Uh, you know, you saw a downturn in the labor market through the second quarter, uh, really for the first time since that massive downturn in Q1 2020 when, when COVID had first struck China and the world subsequently. Uh, you know, you're seeing companies dial back on hiring. You're seeing companies dial back on borrowing. You're seeing companies dial back on investment. Uh, so I think the job market, if it was looking uh, bad in over the second quarter, uh, well, it's it's only gotten, unfortunately, a little bit worse into July. And we'll see what, what the rest of the quarter turns up for us. Uh, but as, as, as we head into a politically sensitive time period, uh, uh, labor market stress is, is yet one more problem for, for uh, President Xi. 
Almost out of time, but what could help things turn everything around? I mean, it's it's clearly stimulus, but what else in your view? Uh, it's really not going to change very much from where we are today. I think for the foreseeable future, the singular driving force here is COVID, the absence of mRNA vaccines, and therefore the continuation of zero COVID in some way, shape or form. We're not going to get the type of big bang stimulus that markets had been thinking would happen last year and through this year. I think now it's become blatantly obvious. Um, you're going to get a little bit of fiscal stimulus that'll help a little bit along the way. If you don't get too many new outbreaks or new variants, uh, uh, perhaps that avoids the, the lockdowns you've seen yeah. in the major metropolitan areas. Okay. okay. All right, Shazad, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, uh, Shazad Kazi here, Managing Director at China Beige Book. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.